Welcome to episode number 25 of the Practical EdTech Podcast. I can't believe I've done 25 episodes either. Amazing. But it's December 27th, 2019, so it's the last one of the decade. Not only the last one of the year, last one of the decade. Wow. Uh, so, news and notes from the world of EdTech from the last week. It has been a slow week. Must be that everyone is on vacation or holidays. It has been a great week for me. I had Christmas with my kids, my family. We had a great time. As I put on my Instagram, my best Christmas ever in 41 years on Earth. I think it was my best Christmas ever watching my toddlers open their presents and seeing my three-year-old be super excited to give her two-year-old sister her present. That was awesome. Uh, But some news and notes from the world of ed tech. Um, Not a whole lot going on, but a few things to point out. Make Beliefs Comics, a tool that I've recommended and used for years Uh, for making comics has a new feature called give me words and give me words does pretty much exactly what you might think it does it gives you some writing prompts uh gives some writing prompts and gives some uh you know creative comic cartoon generations uh or generators so that's what it is uh dave kapler wrote about it on his blog so check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about it or just go to make beliefs comics with an x at the end of it not comics but comics uh with an x at the end just go to makebelievecomics.com and you can try it out yourself one of the things about make believe comics that i've always liked is that it is multilingual they offer support for six or seven languages and there's tons and tons of artwork that kids can use for free uh, so even if you're not good at drawing, you can make some great comics. It's great little storytelling tools. So check that out at makebeliefscomics.com. Uh, not exactly new this week, but new this month. Common Craft has a new video all about spreadsheets. It explains what spreadsheets are and, more importantly, why people use them. What you would use them for. It gives some use cases for spreadsheets in typical Common Craft style. It's uh, you know, very accessible. It's not going to be, it's not super in-depth. You're not going to learn a formula for running a spreadsheet in it. Uh, it explains what spreadsheets are, why you would use them, uh, and uses generic spreadsheets, not necessarily Google Sheets or Excel or Numbers, but just spreadsheets in general. Uh, so check that out at commoncraft.com. Uh, always, a, always a great place to look for all kinds of explanatory videos. Uh, full disclosure, Lee and Sasha Lefevre, who own and run Common Craft, are friends of mine, have been friends of mine for, for years, uh, but I'm not paid to mention them or anything like that. Just uh, want to disclose that we are we are friends. Uh, so, m- some other news and notes. Uh, I r- made a video and wrote a blog post about a new word game called simply Word Game. In fact, I mentioned it in last week's podcast. It's, it was initially just a game to play in the Chrome web browser. But now they have a companion Android app that's also simple, super simple to use. Uh, just a fun little word game. Anyone can play it. Uh, you know, Just open up the app. It'll give you a little uh, 
give you a little question and you can try to answer it. Just a quick, fun little multiple choice, a uh, little multiple choice activity. So that's that in here. You can see how it works right there. Oh, all right. Good. Boom. So if you're watching the video, you can see how that worked. Uh, otherwise, you know, that's a little dead spot in the audio of the podcast. <laughs> so moving right along, uh, I'm slowly moving back towards using Firefox. Now, obviously, if you're watching this video, you know that I'm doing this in Chrome right now. Uh, but I've slowly started moving back toward using Firefox more and more. Biggest reason being it's just faster. Uh, Chrome has been bogging down my Mac. Some of you may have watched some of my videos where I get frustrated with, <laughs> with Chrome just bogging down my Mac. So I've used moved back to Firefox for a lot of things. Um, slowly moving back to towards using Firefox. Um, yeah, and also the you know the little caveat or a little catch that you know theoretically Firefox may not be tracking quite as much information about web browsing, but uh, and may not serve up quite so many contribute to quite so many ads appearing. But you know for the most part, it's not it's not a data privacy thing. It's just speed. I want something fast, right? We all do. And the last little news and note for, uh, actually, sorry, two last little news and notes for the end of the decade. In 2020, I am offering an updated version of my course, Teaching History with Technology. Uh, some of the new things I'm including in it are making your own history and geography apps. Uh, we'll look at how to use some of the newer features in Google Earth. Uh, we'll also look at some some techniques for using green screens in history or social studies lessons. So that course is starting January 8th, and you can sign up at practicaledtech.com. Uh, there's a tab for teaching history with technology. Go ahead and click on that. You can sign up for it. Uh, and the other thing that I have going on in January. Now, this week uh, on Christmas Eve, I finished my 300th workout of the year. 300. I did 300 workouts this year. Uh, either running or on my bike. I did 300 days either running or on my bike, uh, cardio exercise. Uh, I did 301 yesterday, and I'll do 302 as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. Uh, but one of the things I've learned in doing 300 workouts this year at age 40-41 is that you cannot out-train a bad diet. And... <laughs> So for January, through EdTech Fitness, my little pet project there, I'm offering a little challenge called the Junk Free January Challenge. Join me in January. Go junk free for the month of January. Uh, and we'll support each other. And there may be a prize, TBD. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to work that part out of it yet. I don't make any money through EdTech Fitness. I don't make any money through anything that I'm doing these days, really, uh, other than... Other than uh, some sales of the webinars and uh, some occasional speaking. I don't really make a whole lot of money doing any of this stuff <laughs> these days. So uh, it's all just kind of a passion project, pet project of mine. Uh, but if you want to join me for Junk Free January Challenge in January, you know, go head to practice, head to edtechfitness.com and check it out. All right. Uh, so obviously didn't have class this week, didn't have school this week, so no news and notes from my classroom, no thoughts from my classroom. 
let's talk about some questions and answers from readers and listeners and viewers like you. And before I get into that, I want to share, I'm not going to share an email, I'm going to uh, summarize an email that I got from someone on Christmas Eve. I shouldn't have checked my email on Christmas Eve, that was my first mistake. But anyway, uh, checked my email on Christmas Eve and got a nice, nice, using sarcasm there, a not so nice email actually from someone who was very upset with me and told me that he was unsubscribing from my newsletter because... I didn't respond to his question fast enough, uh, his, his request for help fast enough. Uh, this is not someone who's a client of mine, not someone who's paying for my advice or anything, just was upset that I was ignoring his, well, it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve. That's why I didn't answer your email quickly. It was Christmas Eve, uh, and I get tons of emails. Uh, so if you think that I'm going to answer your email instantly on your, your help request instantly? Uh, I'm sorry, can't do that. Uh, I try. I do try to be as helpful as I can, try to answer as many emails as I can. But if you uh, don't, you know, if, if you know, if you're not happy with uh, my response time on Christmas Eve, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I spend $2,500 a year on email delivery, so if uh, if you unsubscribe because of that, you, I guess you just saved me a little bit of money. I'm not really sure what to tell you. Uh, so that's you know behind the scenes, behind the curtains of this operation that I have going on, right? or not going on as the case may be. Uh, so uh, questions from readers. Uh, Question from Adam, is there a Gmail add-on or app that will allow me to grab a pre-written email response to send to people having the same question? For example, if someone emails me asking for instructions on how to do X, I, can I just grab a canned response and use it as my reply? Answer is yes. Actually, Gmail does have a canned response feature. Uh, Gmail slash G Suite for Education email does have a canned response feature. Uh, you'll find it in your settings. Now, if, it, if it's not present in your settings, check with your G Suite for Education domain administrator to make sure he or she has turned that feature on for you. But there is a built-in native feature for that in Gmail slash G Suite for Education email now. Uh, that's been available since June of 2019. Right. Uh, another question from Jason. Uh, one of our elementary schools is trying to broadcast a spelling bee they are having in the library to all of the classrooms so the whole school doesn't have to pack the library. We don't have TVs installed in every classroom, so I'm wondering if there's a way someone could film the spelling bee in the library and broadcast it over the school internet so each classroom could watch it live via their projectors with a teacher laptop hooked up to it. The spelling bee company said we cannot use FaceTime or Zoom. They require a closed system. Do you have any suggestions? I thought we could find an IP camera and see if our IT department could help us figure out how each classroom can navigate to an IP on a browser to get the video feed. Sounds like it should work, but not exactly sure if it's possible to do. Jason. Jason, it is possible to do. Uh, I And as I wrote back to him, uh, I did it once for one classroom, and it was a pain to set up. Setting it up for your entire school with you know unless everyone is really tech savvy and tech confident uh it could be a nightmare for your it department to get it all going at once just because you're gonna have to have uh you know all the teachers you know navigate to a specific ip address if you use more than one camera you may have more than one ip 
more than one IP address, uh, depending on your access points and how your access points are set up in your school. There could be a zillion variables in here uh, to navigate. So yes, it can be done. It's just going to be time consuming. Uh, like I said, I did it once for just one classroom on a closed system, and that took a while. And I more or less knew what I was doing. Uh, so, yeah, you could do it. It's just going to take a lot of work. Uh, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, it sounds like the the spelling bee company for some reason doesn't want you to use, uh, you know, a private FaceTime or a private Zoom. I would have suggested a private YouTube live broadcast would have worked as well, but it sounds like that's not an option for you, fortunately. Uh, question from Bill. I'm a science teacher. I face lots of challenges with animations and graphics in my PowerPoint. Do you have any suggestions? Bill. Uh, not exactly sure what challenges you're facing, Bill. Uh, maybe it's just creating the right ones. I'm not really sure if that's what you're at, where you're, where you're at, or also what science you're, you're trying to teach. Uh, you know, if you want to make your own animations and graphics, you know, I might direct you to a tool like Brush Ninja where you can make your own little graphics and animations and then import those into your PowerPoint. You might do something like that. Uh, you know, depending on what you're teaching, FET, P-H-E-T, has a lot of science animations already made that you can input in or insert into your PowerPoint. The other thing I might suggest is check out Tony Vincent's class, Classy Graphics. Uh, you can find Tony's work at learninginhand.com. Tony just did a webinar as part of the Practical EdTech Creativity Conference. So you might, look at, might want to go back on my YouTube channel and look at Tony's presentation there. Uh, but Tony has a great class on, on doing things like that, on making animations and graphics. Uh, so check that out. Uh, go to learninginhand.com and see what Tony's got there. Uh, Kim sent me a question. Do you have a document or newsletter discussing communication tools for online courses? I wrote back to Kim and I said, Kim, that's kind of a broad question. Not really sure if you're looking for a specific LMS or a specific tool for creating an LMS. Uh, so, you know, you know, or if you're looking just to supplement, right? So if you're just looking to supplement what's already there, you might use a tool like Remind. Uh, to send out messages, to send out text messages or uh, post notifications. If you're looking for a full-fledged online course tool, you might look at something like Moodle, uh, you know, or BuddyPress to run inside WordPress, or even just Google Classroom. Depending on what your needs are, you can do it Google Classroom. Actually, Tony Vincent, who I just mentioned, uh, Tony does his Classy Graphics course all through. Google Classroom. So it is possible to do it that way. So those are the ones I'd take a look at. And the last question I have here came from Stephanie, who said, I have a question for you about the closed captioning feature that PowerPoint now offers. Do you know if there's a transcription that gets captured? If so, where is it? I work with English language learners and would love to be able to have them get printed notes from the lecture classes they attend. Thanks. Merry and happy to you and your family, Stephanie. Uh, so Stephanie, and I wrote back to Stephanie and I said, and I promised her a video on how to do this, so I'm going to make a video on how to do this. Uh, but I wrote back to Stephanie, it doesn't 
capture a transcript. The automatically generated closed captioning doesn't generate a, a transcript that you can save. But the workaround for that would be to make a screencast. So use a tool like Screencast-O-Matic or Screencastified. You know, pick one of them, doesn't matter. Uh, make a screencast that captures those captions. So those captions appearing on the screen. They'll get captured in there. And then take that video, upload it to YouTube. You can make it private or you can make it unlisted or public. doesn't matter. Uh, won't work if it's private, but if it's unlisted or, or public, you can then take the video link from YouTube and put it in VidReader, which is vidreader.com, which will create a printable transcript for you. So it's a bit of a workaround. Uh, it's going to be, you know, there's three steps in there, a bit of a fast, but uh, it will work. And I've done it for Google Slides, because Google Slides has an automatic captioning, closed captioning tool, uh, just like PowerPoint does. And neither one of them keeps creates a transcript for you. So you got to make your own transcript, and that's the way that I make the transcript. So that's that. So those are all the questions that I had this week. Slow week for the last podcast of the decade. Now, in the new decade, in 2020, uh, I have a guest coming on for one of the first episodes of 2020. My guest will be Tom Ritchie. You may know him from YouTube. He's got like a 100,000 plus YouTube followers, plus all kinds of Instagram and Snapchat, all kinds of social media followers. Does a ton of great history videos that kids love. Particularly AP history students love his videos. He's massively popular with history students. So he's going to be on the podcast. Uh, I've known Tom for a long time. He's going to be on the podcast with me. We're just lining it up. In fact, just before I recorded this, we lined it up. So uh, that's something to look forward to in 2020. As always, if you have questions for me about anything EdTech related, send me an email, richard at burn.media. I will reply to you as quickly as I can. May not be instantaneous, may not be the same day, but I will reply to you. Uh, as long as it's not in my spam, or you know, I will reply to you. So send me an email, Richard at burn.media. If you have any questions, anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, any feedback you have on the podcast or on the videos, let me know. Be happy to hear it. Happy New Year. Have a great rest of 2019 and have an even better 2020 and a brand new decade. Bye-bye.